What are we going to banter about this week, guys? God, what are we going to banter about? Did you know that you can no longer safely drink rainwater anywhere on Earth? Wait, I'm sorry. Let's dig in here. What? Is this is what we're talking about, apparently. This is the thing. Literal science. <laughs> Literal science. Rainwater is no longer safe to drink anywhere on Earth. Well, that's a bummer. That seems rude. I'm really good at lighthearted banter, as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> also, is it the poison? Yeah, it's basically that we have polluted so much that the water can't clean it. It can't clean itself, like the cycle. You know how, like, yeah. I learned this, in, what is it, third grade? You learn that the steam goes up in the, from the earth and then it goes to clouds and it becomes rain. Something like that. I legitimately did not think that there was a way to turn off the self-cleaning sky system <laughs> that we had here. We stopped paying our bill is what happened. When those people are on that show alone and they have to like get clean drinking water. What if, don't people normally like pee and then there's like a whole system of turning the pee into drinkable water? Can we not do that? That doesn't involve rain. This is a whole other thing. You know what? That's a- That's different than rain, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> I know! I did not get my degree in that area. I don't know. <laughs> I realize that it's a golden shower. Oh God. I regret what I started. <laughs> No, you're right. Uh, I want to go back. I want to have never have said this. It's too Woof. late. That's okay. See, it was either going to be the uh, the the, the, the rainwater is poison, or it's going to be like the notification we got here in New York, which is, hey, water's got polio in it, because that's back now. What? Oh, God. <sighs> yep. Yeah, state of New York sent out an, uh, an alert going, hey, if you're not uh, vaccinated against polio, maybe get on that shit. Oh, my God. Well... Everything's on fire. Um, I I want to play D and D. Yep. <laughs> I don't. I don't want banter. <laughs> I want to go away from here. <laughs> Take me far, far away. Yeah, let's let's go play D and D where we're definitely not dealing with a polluted landscape. Ooh, ooh, too soon, oh. too real. Yeah, but it's my polluted landscape, Chris. <laughs> But it's okay, because at least this one has something we can probably fight. It's the beauty of D&D. &D. There are often solvable problems. You know what? You're right. Let's solve things with magic yes. and blades and... Friendship. Yes, you're right, Diana. The power of friendship. And hot bods. Super hot elf bods. See, this oh, is a dear. great example of why I come to play this game with y'all. <laughs> If I had to guess, I would think that you guys would want to pick up where we left off, right? That would be great. Yeah, I think, uh, you know. Gotcha. So you would rate rescuing Endo from falling into the bottomless void of sky uh, a high priority for the group. <laughs> Get on with the rescue. That's I don't know. I kind of like Schrodinger's safety net here. <laughs> We might spend this episode with Chris rolling up a new character. Listen, I'm game. And you know what? While Chris ponders that, we're going to flash back. We're going to 
cast our, our minds, our, our eyes in our minds, our mind's eye, if you will, that's what I've heard it called before, uh, back to the first scene that started this tale so long ago, aka three episodes ago. A hooded figure standing before a great crystal tree at the center of the Court of Radiance. But this time we're not focused on that figure. We're focused above, up in the limbs of this crystal tree on someone else. Just out of sight as the wind ripples through the glass leaves of this tree like chimes, sitting in the crook of these branches is someone we haven't met before. So welcoming to the show, Syrup. Describe your character for us. This isn't so much a cat as it is a tiger. Humanoid-ish, perhaps in, in the sense that tabaxis are, are cats yet humanoid. She's sitting there with some soft greens, dresses, armor layered on top, but mostly relaxed and staring up kind of through the filtered leaves to try to capture whatever sky they can see. So there you are, up in the crook of the arms of this crystal tree. As you look up into the sky, it is uh, as night as night gets in the Feywild because everything is always caught between twilight and dusk in this sort of deep lavender to purple at the edges of the sky you see stars like freckles painted across. Now go ahead and roll perception for me if you don't mind. That's a great 11. The sound of cracking crystal fills your ears and suddenly you just grip onto the branch where you are. As you look down for the source of this disturbance to your peace up in the limbs of this tree, you make out a medium-sized hooded creature. Their hands are gripping the haft of a red-runed axe and they are jerking it out of the roots that they have just driven it into. And as they pull it free, there is a great shudder as the structure, the integrity of this crystal tree is threatened by this act. A snaking crack stretches up towards you, towards your branch, and you feel it begin to give. The tree branch begins to fall out from under you. What do you do? She scrambles up, trying to like, you know, balance and hold on some of the other branches and then realizing that it's about to fall is going to try to just launch herself with, let's hope, feline reflexes up up a branch to like just secure. This isn't safe. Let's let's go somewhere else. So you uh, begin your tiger parkour. And so go ahead and roll an acrobatics check for me. Okay. No. Yeah. I got so much dex, y'all. <laughs> with a natural three for a five. Oh, that's... I think I'm coming in real strong. <laughs> it's good. It's good. You know what? You're you're landing a strong impression. <laughs> so you leap out, attempting to grab onto another branch as this one clatters and shatters to the ground. And you begin reaching for this other branch. Your claws just scrape against it, and you go thudding to the earth from 30 feet above, taking... 12 damn damn. Ow. 
you are able to just kind of shake off the impact and you see this creature look in your direction and go scurrying uh, with its cloak sort of billowing behind it into the dark of the woods. What do you do? Scramble up and book it after them. So in hot pursuit, you get up. Are you trying to be sneaky about this? Are you trying to be fast? What's your what's your vibe? You said they looked at me, correct? They like they caught me already? They saw you, and then because there was a sudden realization that somebody else was there, they took off. No need to to be quiet about it. I will also utilize my feline agility here to move double my speed, get a little burst of speed in there. You run and you are quick. But just as you get sort of lock in step with this creature and you reach out your hand wanting to jerk back that hood and reveal this interloper's identity, they pull just a bit forward and turn their head away from you, your fingertips merely brushing the back of the hood. And you hear a and they're gone. It's as if the wind blew them away off of this plane out of your life and then you hear your passive perception picks up crunching, running footsteps in the opposite direction. Shit. Okay. Um, I'm looking around. There's nobody else around here, right? Like, how far is anybody? With the cracking of the tree, with the thudding of your body and the smashing of this crystal branch on the ground, you would think the guards were on their way. They should be here. They should have been here. But, but they're not. And you get the sense that this is on you. If you are not able to figure out any more identifying features of this person, that the trail could run a cold. You may never know who did this to your grove. In Druidic, I want to simply like mark the ground in the direction that this person is off into. And I'm going to just try to do my best to listen and continue. Your ears twitch desperately trying to keep the sound, the direction of this retreat centered in your mind and your understanding. You reach out, you grab some twigs, some bark, some leaves, some acorns, and scatter them on the ground in a symbol that will help people understand the way that you've gone. And then you're off, trundling through the woods, trying to catch up. It's to your left, wait, you've lost it. It's to your right, and you go scurrying off in that direction, your legs almost swinging out from under you. You're sickened as you hear laughter ringing out around you, echoing against the trees. Someone is toying with you. The hunt is on, and then there's nothing. Until you feel, and I wonder if you could roll a perception check for me. As soon as I hear the laughter, as soon as there's an air of confusion and even potentially mirth, she freezes in her checks and just an absolute like shiver goes down her spine as her hair kind of stands up, uh, fur I should say, uh, 15 perception. You turn at the last possible minute, just as the blade of the axe, shing, slides just beyond your fur. You think it may have clipped just a teeny tiny bit of whisker. Catching your breath, you stand here face to face with this villain. They're about your size. Their shoulders seem broad and strong, even beneath the flow of the cape that is covering their face and their form. But the front of that hood is filled 
with some sort of preternatural shadow, and all that glares out at you are two glowing, menacing red eyes. No skin, no anything showing that I can capture or or just clock. Your perception of 15 was good, so I'm going to say that you do catch just a tuft of brownish fur sticking out from the edge of a bracer. I think that's still enough to absolutely put her into a panic. She's going to grab her staff and kind of bring it to the front, spitting out like, who are you? Roll for initiative. Oh, 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 20. Unnatural, unnatural. So an unnatural 20 versus an unnatural 19. So you have a chance to act first if you'd like to do anything aside from saying, who are you? To accompany the sound from earlier, wherever we have ended up since then, I am going to thunderclap and echo that as far as I can, as well as direct it at this figure. This person is standing right in front of you, so con save. Okay, they have succeeded. What does that mean? No damage? I think succeed or take. Yep, nope, no damage, I'm assuming. But... The sound can still hopefully be heard from 100 feet away. Yes, so the thunder sort of booms out from you. You hear the flutters of birds flying out of trees all around you. You at least think that someone should be able to follow this way if the guards have been roused to their post back at the grove. But here, this creature takes... Uh, a crack at you with their axe, and the axe lands a hit on you, and you take uh, seven more damage. Roll a constitution save. Oh, oh boy. 19. 19. Okay, so this other effect, you start to feel this horrible feeling of, of stagnation, of being frozen in place, and it fades away from you as you push forward in this battle. What would you like to do? She starts to backpedal, just staggering backwards, almost like, you know, half half shock, half like, I, I, I'm trying to defend myself, but I also, also, I'm not sure what's happening, and I'm thrown off, but I'm still going to throw... Is there any metal on their body? You can't really see, but they appear to be in mostly leather armor. But they do have the axe, is that correct? But they do have an axe in their hand. Yes, they do. I'm going to focus on that axe that is trying, that has hit me and I am not looking great already. Uh, and we're going to heat metal that. The axe begins to burn in their hand and you hear the hiss. You smell a burning, a burning smell and the axe hits the dirt and you hear, why, you mangy little beast. Well, I bet you're feeling a little tired, aren't you, darling? How many hit points do you have? <laughs> Five. You begin to feel the heaviness of sleep fall upon you as this creature begins to circle around you, sort of watching how their spell is taking effect curiosity killed a cat but I might have some use for you after all can't have you going around ratting me out back at the grove at this point you know sleep will take you and with every last breath you are fighting to stare under that 
hood beyond those glowing red eyes, you almost start to make out a bestial sort of snout, a small pink twitching nose, but then it all fades to black. What's up, everybody? It's Anne Richmond, a.k.a. Heartsinger, the head bard in charge around these parts. And I would like to once again uh, <laughs> thank my awesome Patreon supporters. Without you, there would be no show at all. So everybody, round of applause for them. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. And I just wanted to let everybody know that I have been hard at work making sure the podcast will be available on as many platforms as possible. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Spotify. And of course, our home base on Anchor. So lots of different ways to listen to the show. I have also begun uploading episodes featuring all of the awesome art from the show by Elise Illustrations to my YouTube channel. All that to say, if there's a platform out there you like best, then I have tried to make it as easy as possible for you to join us on this adventure. So let's get back into it. We are back in the present at the edge of the world and Endo has just disappeared into the cloud cover and our view pierces down through the clouds with her as she falls, plummeting down, down, down. And how is how is Endo reacting to this, this falling sensation? Uh, well, how long am I falling? Yeah, it's been exactly one week since you fell, head over heels. For this for this show um no you have fallen for like one round so i think you instantly descend like 500 feet or something ridiculous like that Oof. yeah i mean i'm not in good shape this feels you know pretty bad uh probably desperately scanning for any like crag of rock or anything that looks like i may be able to i don't know I don't know. I'm just looking for a place to land. And you have that horrible feeling where your stomach is like jerked up by a sudden fall, but then suddenly it's okay. Suddenly you're just hanging there and it's you're in a cloud, so it's very it's very misty. You feel on your on your shoulders like the grip of a small hand, like a hand that shouldn't be able to hold you up, but somehow is. And there is a teeny tiny little pixie man, a pixie man, if you will, with a shock of neon green hair and little spectacles on the bridge of his nose. Hey, sweetie, you fallen for me already? The name's Chad. Chad Duchug, at your service. Uh, th thank, thank you, Chad. Um, could, uh, 
I don't mean to uh, be demanding, but perhaps could you take me up, up there again? I'm supposed to be meeting some people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Malachi, let's go. Come on. And you hear like a horrible... Don't drop me. Flurry. <laughs> flurry of buzzing as this these dragonfly wings beat at a bajillion miles per hour. Malachi appears to be this iridescent green dragonfly. Uh, the perfect cavalry for this strange fairy. And you go soaring up through the clouds. So up on top, you have not yet gotten back to your friends. How are Daria and Brock doing up here? Um, Brock, darling, I'm I'm not entirely sure what to do now. Do you do you have any brilliant suggestions? I mean, surely she's dead. Brock has scrambled towards the edge of the uh, the solid ground that he's still remaining on and is just peering down, desperately trying to like squint and see through the the mists below. We've got no idea. Can you fly? Is there anything you can do? I I would just fall faster i'm i'm very flattered that you think i have those capabilities unfortunately no as magical as i may be i cannot fly um shall we say a few words before we move on <laughs> well it's I, we can't really leave a grave marker can we um so you guys are sort of looking casting about in both directions being like well this is how this is beginning <laughs> Wow. I feel like Tom Sawyer at my own funeral, and I'm yeah. not happy with what's happening. I am not happy about this. Both of you hear and like the increase in buzzing noises as this dragonfly pierces through the veil and a tiny man who is impossibly holding Endo aloft deposits her onto the floating island next to Daria. <laughs> this is confirmed the cloud from Mario Kart, right? <laughs> Damn it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's we were so worried, Endo. It's uh, really um wonderful to see you. Are you okay? Uh yes, I'm fine. This is uh, this wonderful gentleman uh was kind enough to uh you know, just uh, uh Show up when needed. Chad sort of pushes his spectacles up up the bridge of his nose, and he goes, A pleasure to meet you all. Chad, Chad Duchug. I'm a librarian. Of, of what? Books, sweet cheeks. And he kind of glances sidelong at Malachi, and he goes, Is it just me, or is she a little uh, focaccia in the old uh, brain pan? Maybe it was the fall of something. Yeah, anyways. Well, the, the court of influence, they had an overdue item and he points in the direction across the gap between the islands and the edge of the world that you came from. He is clearly indicating the group of dead adventurers that you came upon when you fought the skeleton and his shadow minions. D did you do all that? Oh God, no, I'm not cap- I am not that capable. I'm plenty capable in my own way. In fact, he reaches into a little pocket inside his robes and takes out a tiny hand mirror and looks very seriously at himself and says, You're good enough. You are enough, Chad Duchug. You're enough. 
Uh, Chad, I just saw you do something rather amazing. I think you truly need to give yourself a little bit more credit. If it weren't for you, we would be lost to our dear friend Endo, so... It's just a little bit of enhanceability. It's just a cool spell, I know. But yeah, I'm from the Court of Influence, and I was sent out to these guys, and they just, uh... Fortunately, they met a, a sorry end, and I did not want to get involved when I saw the way it was going. But then you all came out, and I thought... You know what? This is a great show. I'm going to watch this show. Is the platform still moving away that everyone other than Brock is currently on? Yeah, 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 it is. 100% is. Brock, darling, you'd, you'd better hurry up. I'll be right there. Hold on. And he, he takes a few steps back and just runs forward and just does a, does a leap trying to get over to this as well. Go ahead and roll an athletics check for me. Okay, that's not bad. That's a 16. You are like, I got it, I got it, I got it. I don't got it. Oh, God, I got it. And at the very last minute, you kind of like roll your ankle as you oh. land a little bit. Um, but you you manage to make it as this thing begins to move further away from that camp that he was referencing where you guys spent the night and towards another island. Oh, I made it. It just gives a, a thumbs up. <laughs> Daria is going to kind of walk over and, and sort of like lean so that she's towering over where Brock is currently sort of sprawled out on this moving platform. And thank you for joining us. You're most welcome, Mistress Daria. You're most welcome. Just hauling himself back to his feet. Ch Chad. Yeah, that's me. Chad Duchug. Lord Chadimus Duchug Ch III. Ch would you prefer that we address you with your full title? I think it would be nice if you, you made the effort. Lord Chatimus Duch, I can't do this. Wow, uh, I can't say it doesn't hurt. <laughs> How about I just call you darling? That's my usual term of endearment, and I consider you dear to me for returning my dear friend Endo, so. Lord Chatimus Duchug III will remember this, Daria Volcanus. But yeah, sure, whatever. Knock yourself out. She's going to lean in even closer, and the dragonfly's name is Malachi? Yeah, Malachi the dragonfly. Weird Feywild question. Yeah. <clears throat> and then I'll stop doing my dumb Daria shit so someone else can actually accomplish something. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> are dragonflies kind of like puppies where they like getting sort of like scritched? Like, <laughs> I would roll a nature check if I were you. Oh boy, because you know if there's anything that Daria is good at, it's nature. It's not, guys. Spoilers, oh, that's not a thing oh. that, that <laughs> she excels at. Oh, I do get advantage, though. High hey. dice rolls exist. Yeah. Well, one of those is a one, so I'm not going to go with that. Uh, that's a 22. In nature, life finds a way, and so does Daria. I pet it or it bites me. Those are the rules. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So Daria's going to kind of lean in and sort of scritch Malachi behind where she thinks the dragonfly ear holes are. Oh, yeah. Darling, it, there's no library around here. I don't suppose you know what this is or what these moving platforms are or what that structure over there might be. Well, I thought about checking it out, but I wasn't really into doing it by myself. But now that you're here, maybe, uh, you know, in return for, you know, I'll help you across the Great Divide, so to speak. And then we could all go in together? A foursome. Yeah, a, fo a 
What now? There's four of us, so now we're a foursome. You're not alone. Oh, don't mean to interrupt, Mistress Doria, but there are five of us, and he points to Malachi. Malachi is doing that thing that dogs do where, like, you're absentmindedly petting them and, like, <laughs> watching, you could be watching TV or something, so your focus isn't on them, but their entire world is focused on you because you have chosen to pet them. Malachi is like, I'll do anything. Just keep scritching me behind my proboscis. Bug word. Science. <laughs> Science. Nature. Correct. I'm so sorry. A, a, a five-some then. It's just an orgy at that point, but whatever. As this escalates, Chad Duchug is trying to track this conversation as it is bouncing between each of you and elevating with every statement. And he just says, yeah, you, you're saying a lot of things. Not that I don't like the things. <laughs> and of course, the insinuation of a foursome of friendship uh, seems pretty exciting to Chad, but as Chad looks back over, there's like a, a thunder strike over this horrifying stone structure, sort of ominously. He goes, you think just four of us will do it? Oh, oh well, that is my specialty. Go ahead and roll a persuasione, Daria. Dirty 20. Foursome of friendship, I'm in. Fivesome, sorry, sorry, Malachi. Malachi, like, kind of sassily, if if they could sassily move their wings about. I'm just sort of flopping my hands about for the podcast audience. We're going with it because I am the law. I think that maybe Anne needs some, like, what do they call the study of bugs? <laughs> yeah, entomology, I think, is. Entomology. Because ornithology is birds. And ichthyology is fish. Bugology? That's right. I think you need some bug lessons, Anne. If there's any bug that's going to be able to flap sassily, it's a dragonfly. It's a dragonfly. <laughs> and as the light catches Malachi's wings, they're just like opalescent and beautiful rainbow wings. And you just can't believe how cool this dragonfly is. And that's uh, my ADHD that that matters to me. But it's really important that you know. So uh, I guess uh, we could just sort of help each other over there and then have a look at that uh, horrible, horrible nightmare place. Together! Sure! So you all begin moving across these islands, helping each other across. While not everybody can fit on the dragonfly, between your magic and your abilities, you are able to, through the power of fivesome friendship, pass this challenge. And now that you stand here before this stone edifice, you are chilled by the cloud cover, these dark clouds surrounding almost like a moat of air around this platform. Forks of lightning <laughs> strike the platform you're standing on, rumbling beneath your feet. Your eyes scan the area, searching desperately for new information, and you notice large blast holes in the side of the building that have tossed rubble across the ground. There are scorch marks from spells, flame, lightning. You're not really sure about anything, but what you know is that battles have been fought here. And stretching across these scars are glistening silvery spider webs. Now, Daria, earlier you were asking if you could roll to know more about this area, but you weren't close enough. I can tell you that you're close enough now. 
So go ahead and roll me that history check. But when you put it like that... <laughs> 23. I would like to examine those uh, spider webs when the time is appropriate to see if he can determine how fresh they are. Absolutely. Daria, you know, as a member of the Court of Hunger, it is said that the Queen of Air and Darkness suffered a rebellion from a group of warlocks that made pacts with her. These warlocks were tempted by another force, another entity, maybe, with greater power. They were convinced to betray and destroy their patron, and in return, this new entity would grant them an even greater power. This new sect was called the Acolytes of the Dark Mother, and they lured their former patron away from her home to a temple that they had built in honor of their new deity. An eight-sided structure meant to lead mortals astray. All that remains of the Queen of Air and Darkness is her soul, which is now guarded safely at the heart of the Court of Hunger by the three hags who rule on her behalf, supported by the warlocks who remained loyal. How long ago was this? I take it this was, this is like ancient history, basically. Ancient history. Do I have current knowledge of the activities of the Acolytes of the Dark Mother? If you think that that is something that Dario would be interested in, I will have you roll a religion check. If I thought that it was something that would help Daria kiss ass in court? Oh yeah. Absolutely. I'll take it. Uh, what am I rolling? A religion check. Sweet. God, I get advantage on a lot of stuff. Oh, natural 20 plus oh, shit. three. So in your studies and you have been a little bit nervous to sort of put this out here until you can deliver sort of a full image of what the uh, sect of the Dark Mother is about. You have spoken to travelers from the Prime Material Plane and done a lot of research. You have, in fact, uh, gone to the Court of Influence and done research at their large library at one point or another, and you have come to suspect especially now that you see this place covered in spider webs, that the Dark Mother is another word for Loth, the Spider Queen. Loth is an abyssal goddess of bloodshed and betrayal. Cool, great. I'm, I'm just gonna keep that to myself for right this moment. Well, the spider webs make sense. That's cool. So Brock, you wanted to inspect those spider webs. Yes, trying to determine are they old and just left over, or are they actively in use? Go ahead and roll a nature check. Uh, that is going to be a 13. They are layers upon layers of these silk spider webs here. Some of them torn apart, some of them covered in dust, others more recent. So it's hard with a 13 to know, like, is there a spider perhaps mayhap around the corner? But you can assume that there are certainly a great many spiders that have of differing sizes even that have made their homes here. You said that the spider webs are on the outside of the structure. Have we identified what appears to be either a door or portal of some sort of way in? You see sort of like rubble and stuff and a cracked wall that you know you could fit in, but you haven't gone inside yet. So as Endo is attempting to decide which crack in this just 
awful wall is the best point of entry for the group. Chad gives a little tug on your coat, Brock. <clears throat> uh, so, uh, we going in here, or are we afraid they're gonna be terrible, creepy crawlies around every bend? What's the modus operandi? Oh, there are absolutely going to be terrible, creepy quarrelies. To, to which end, if we wanted to try and maybe engage and get rid of some of them a bit more on our own terms, uh, I could perhaps take a torch to some of the webs and see if we can't burn away a bit of a clearing for us, which might make them a little bit miffed at us, but perhaps better to wind up in that situation out here in the open rather than being crammed in whatever is inside there. Brock, darling, I'm almost certain it's not just creepy crawlies. What makes you say that? I don't know how much of your history you all have studied, but... None, really. <clears throat> this this does sort of resemble some of the stories I might have heard about Queen of Air and Darkness being turned upon and... Um, you know, l Loth. Um, nothing great, really. Okay, so what do you suspect may be in there, then? A very angry, <laughs> evil goddess and perhaps her worshippers. And we think this has something to do with the blight in the forest. That's why they sent us. It's possible, I suppose. I why poke a hornet's nest if we don't, you know, maybe this isn't our nest. Maybe we need to... It's spiders, not hornets. But I do understand what you're saying, Indo. It's, um, it, it seems... Uh, are we sure we really want to fuck with this well all i can say is that uh, this wasn't here before that fight that you had with those guys that you followed oh wonderful so it's our fault well when you put it like that sure chad i was just starting to like you i'm sorry to let you down by pointing out your own horrible well now hold on a <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Let's. We're going to stay friends. We're going to stay friends. We don't point fingers. We all make mistakes. Sometimes we fall off the side of a cliff. We all make mistakes. <laughs> so we're going to work together. Mon hero, Chad. Perhaps it is best if you maybe wait outside and keep watch. Oh yeah, I can. I can. Tell, I'll be outside. Outside of the horrible place with the history and the the <laughs> dark gods. Yeah, outside is where Chad will be, and Chad will be here when you're in there. See you later, kids. And he just opens up a can of Pepsi and just sits there leaning against the wall. Because it's the Faye Wild. He does what he wants. Man, what would Faye Pepsi be called? Not Hashtag not sponsored. Faye <laughs> Soul Crystal Pepsi. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if we can rebrand Pepsi for the Feywild effectively. I, I, don't, I don't. I, like, I literally flatlined. I was like, surely I'll have an idea after I say this. No, I've said it. Nope. Pepsi. <laughs> That's that's where we're at. Oh, Pixie. Ooh, there it's we go. It's Pixie. Guys, it was there the whole time. I did it. Hey, Dungeon Master. Yeah, that's me. Just out of curiosity, uh, we, we've slept now, and I had that cool ring that I definitely didn't steal off of a dead body. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do I, do I know what's inside of it yet? Now that you have taken a, a nice little sleepy bye with your... With your ring, with your cool new ring of spell storing. Cool new ring. It has enlarge, reduce, and illusory script on it. Okay. It sounds like we perhaps 
broke this and maybe we have to fix it. Does it look like there's a way around this thing or is it pretty much this is a solid wall in front of us? I like that better because that makes it sound like we did something good. Thank you, We're Brock. still doing it correctly, yes. Way to go, us. So, Brock, it sounds like you kind of want to take a survey of this place. And as you do, as you walk around the outside of what you are able to determine is an eight-sided building, this huge stone wall that stretches up from your feet all the way towards the sky, it's almost hard to judge the scale of it. The only reason you realize you've made it all the way around the you know couple hundred feet on every side of this floating island is because you discover Chad Duchug sipping his pixie like a boss uh, and your group of friends. Now on the one side of the island that you came from, you can still see across the tiers of floating islands that lead back to the campsite. But on the far side, you saw more broken bits of stone and floating islands drifting through the mists and moving into cloud cover. You could say it's a little Silent Hill-esque or <laughs> perhaps even that you've reached the end of the zone, so to speak. Okay. <laughs> but it does seem like this is the place you need to be if this is the direction that the group is choosing to commit to. Don't really look like there's much anywhere else for us to go i'm afraid there's more more of the broken islands over on pretty much all of the sides but there's really no indication of how far they might go so i'm very sorry to say that i suspect this might be our best course of investigation for right now while you've seen you know blasted holes into the wall you look to the right and you notice something you didn't see before a door was it there this whole time it's it can't have been. You were here, you walked around the entire building, and yet, there it stands. Oh, of course, I'm more than happy to go in first. <sighs> okay, we can get our hands a little dirty, it's fine. It's okay. It's gross, but it's okay. <laughs> With Brock's consent, I'll kind of like extend my hands towards either side of your face um, and pause waiting for any indication that you're not about to panic and run off the side of this <laughs> island. Oh, his eyes are pure panic, but does manage to sort of squeak out, do whatever you think is best, Mr. Sendo. Okay, I think this will help. Uh, and I'm going to just ever so briefly make contact with either side of your face. Uh, and you would feel this like, Maybe kind of a trill up your legs and up your spine. You feel like maybe just a like a half step more invigorated, so you would get advantage on your next initiative roll whenever that may be. Awesome. In the same motion, kind of extend a hand upward, and in the palm of my hand, it looks sort of like a few tinkling little motes of starlight, and I will crush my hand closed, and they kind of poof across all <sighs> of us. And I'm going to do my eyes of the night blessing. So we all have unlimited dark vision for 10 minutes. Great clerical work, if you can get it. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> and so there you all stand, taking in this door, this new opportunity to explore. It's wedged into the rubble where a blast hit the wall a bit off its hinges, whimmoy. But of all the blast holes or other opportunities for entry that you may have considered so far... 
At least this one seems like an intended route of entry. Brock will turn back to the other two and look for, he's not going to say anything, but will look for confirmation before attempting to touch the door. I don't, uh, is it, is it locked? Could I check out the door and see if there's anything kind of sus about it? Yeah, go ahead and roll an investigation check. I don't trust these pure beans. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to extend a hand just sort of at waist level and brush the back of her hand and cast guidance on her. You get an extra D4. Well, then that makes this a really good roll. 24. Oh, sure. You notice a couple arcane sigils along the door frame. You don't know if it's a trap. May I offer you an arcana check in this trying time? Since I'm right there, I'll I'll take a look-see. That's 15. Yeah, there's something about teleportation magic, which is pretty common in the Feywild, but it seems like opening this door or walking through it could have some sort of effect on your placement in time and space. Is there anywhere to go outside of this door? Daria, you are unsatisfied with this obvious route of entry and begin looking for something with a little more pizzazz, a little more subterfuge, perhaps. And you take a look at these blast holes in the wall. There are a few where the larger bits of rubble might be, might make good uh, climbing anchors or jumping anchors to get to some of the larger holes. Giggity. Uh, <laughs> but seeing these... And all of you kind of are watching where Daria is looking and Endo and Brock with your passive perception, you are able to sort of point in the direction of where you see one of these holes seems to open up to a set of stairs. The whole thing is very M.C. Escher, stairs to nowhere, or at least the somewhere they lead is beyond what you can see right now. My darlings, I I think we'd better leave the door alone. Of course, as you wish. Okay. And following Daria, you begin trying to scramble up the side of this building using the rubble and pull each other through the opening in the wall. And the first thing that you notice is that sound is different, dampened. Except for the sounds every so often of skittering or drips of some foul-smelling liquid, it's acrid and moist, moldy, but with a little help from your friends, aka the artist currently known as Endo, you can at the very least see. And in the depths of these grayscale shadows, there are blinking eyes, each in sets of four some larger, some smaller, and as you grab for your weapon, you simply wait, expecting initiative, (laughs) expecting battle to break out, but that's when you realize that these creatures are simply watching. They are not threatened by you at all. Let's try the stairs. Daria, the moment your boot touches the first step, there's a lurch in your stomach and a piercing pain in your mind as gravity shifts and when your vision clears 
disoriented, you find that you're not walking up a set of stairs as you were a moment ago, but each of you is experiencing now walking down a set of stairs into a rectangular room with several doors. And it is in this way that each of you discovers this is a place to lead people astray. I suppose the only good part about this is we can't really be lost if we don't know what we're looking for. Well, we suppose there's wisdom to that, absolutely. What is in this room? In here, you see what looks like a long table with several chairs on, I will say, eight chairs. That makes sense. There seemed to be this motif on the wall of an eight-pointed star with a circular image in the center that looks like a black widow's crest. There are also unlit torches, but you are very aware of the fact, uh, because you looked before, Brock, at the uh, spider webs, that people have passed this way, that some of these webs that should stretch across the room have now fallen. I don't reckon that we're the first people to have been through here in quite some time. Perhaps stay where you are a moment. I want to just have a quick look around. And Brock, who will, without getting too close to them, take a look at the, uh, the, the various cobwebs, specifically looking to see if there's any sign of anything being trapped in them. Cocoons or areas, particularly anything maybe vaguely humanoid that may have <laughs> at some point been snared in these webs that may or may not still be there or at least remnants thereof. Absolutely. So go ahead and roll an investigation check for me. Cool. I'm great at that. Yeah, that's a natural one with a modifier of zero. So... Oh, Brock, <laughs> no. Okay, so you look about and it's just very overwhelming and you're just sort of standing there slack-jawed and adorable, but you don't seem to find what you're looking for. Endo, however, with your passive perception you look down at the floor. Maybe because Brock did note that he didn't think you were the first to come this way recently. And you make out a set of dusty footprints with evidence that whoever they belonged to was dragging something beside them. You track your way along those footprints and they walk up to a single door. And that's strange to you because there are a few different doors leaving this area, but that's when it hits you with your passive insight. There's no evidence of these footsteps moving from door to door. They walked right up to this one. And the only reason they might do that is if they knew exactly where they were going, which means the easiest way through this labyrinth is to follow the footsteps of someone who knows it well. Mulling this over as I'm watching Brock peer up uh, towards the ceiling, I think I'm going to, trying desperately to be useful, I'm going to start digging through my bag and there's, it's basically like, you know, Sailor Moon Barbie Girl glitter bomb in there. It's just, you know, makeups and uh, like baubles and like fine bits of fine food that are not useful as rations, but I'm, I can't give them up. <laughs> And I'm going to dig out 
a bangle bracelet that's made of um, these gilded glass beads. And I'm going to snap it to break it and pour the beads into my hand. And I'm gonna set one at the base of the staircase that we just came down. Okay, so I, th I think we can go through there, but um, my, my, someone taught me this, mark the way that you came. So I can drop these as we go and there are footsteps leading that way. And I will point in the direction that I saw them. But I think perhaps a little bit of foyer might be in our best interests to allow, uh, maybe to encourage something not to get particularly close. So if you would both mind uh, shield your eyes a moment as I get this struck up and we'll uh, pull a torch from his pack. So you strike up your torch and color returns to a room that is mostly silver and black and white. But to you all seeing each other, there's like comfort in standing around this common hearth, so to speak, title of show. Um, so <laughs> you are all able to continue moving forward uh, along the path left by these footprints. Go ahead and roll a survival check, somebody who's feeling feisty and ready for it. 18 on mine. Let me assist, because I have a proficiency in this as well. I'm not very interested in survival, so. 19 to assist. Working together, you begin to track these footsteps from room to room. And just when you're comfortable, you lose your sense of direction again. Walking into a room, and as you pass through the door, it's as if you're walking right into the room you just came from. You find those footsteps again in that room, this time more careful. And you notice something with a sickening drop in your stomach. There's been blood along this path. Whatever they're dragging, it might be a person. And that person or creature might be injured. But it is that blood that helps you to clearly find your way to the center of this maze. A door that swings open into a large eight-sided chamber. And in the center of this chamber, suspended through several wrapped pieces of webbing, is a large ovular shape hovering over the ground. And on the ground, you can see sketched out several arcane markings that all seem to come to eight points. All around you are slumped forms of creatures, none moving, except for one that lays at the edge of one of those eight points. You see the form of a tabaxi, barely breathing. The face is turned towards you, eyes closed. You note with interest the tiger-like features, the tawny black and white fur rippling as a breath shudders through the unconscious body. I would like to approach the giant ovular thing. <laughs> okay. And try and determine what it is. You begin to step forward. You like move your foot at the last second because you realize that the 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 markings are made of chalk and you begin sort of hopscotching your way through these uh, runes to the center of the room and you see the egg appears to be blackened on the bottom and there are like veins of red that move up from it towards the top. Everything smells of, of ash. If you wanted to make a nature check, you might be able to figure out more about what this is. 
I'm I'm more curious, honestly, about the sigils that are underneath whatever this is, because I feel like it's far more likely that I would recognize those. Sure. I'm I'm specifically trying to determine if the sigils are a summoning of some kind or if it's a containment of some kind. 100%. These are all the right questions to be asking. And you did, in fact, roll really high on your check for the arcane runes on the edge of that door before. And you are recognizing some of those same shapes. This is all teleportation magic and evocation, a summoning of something that would require more than a single person to operate it. But you know that there's more fuel for magic than a pearl or a diamond. Sometimes more is required. You, in fact, know that on a very intimate level as a blood hunter. You can't help but take a sharp breath inward as you recognize the signs, the piles of bodies, the unconscious tabaxi. Sometimes a more personal sacrifice must be made for great power to be acquired. Someone has been spinning this bloody web for a very long time. Thank you.